If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the On the Sideline podcast with Jackson and Kyle. I am Jackson and I'm joined here as always by the man who is apparently the only person who has not been traded this past week. Kyle, Kyle, how are you doing? Uh, I guess I'm doing pretty good. I don't know. There could be some trades in the works. I don't know what, who you're talking to. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're, I'm busy. It's been a busy, busy off season. Uh, there's just... Too much happening. Too much going on. <laughs> yeah, no, the perfect amount. Uh, the numbers for this channel are, are, are doing great for the offseason. I'm, I'm having a great time. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, this is probably the first time in the history of the show, too. The, the news actually lined up right to where like we're about to go live. So we got everything worked out the way we want to. Um, ready to get into this offseason talk. Yeah, no kidding. I feel like every podcast I listen to, it's like, oh my god, we're live when this breaking news happens, or like right after this breaking news happens. For us, it seemingly keeps happening on like Thursday. So it's glad to see uh, the Tyreek Hill uh, trade went down today. So we will be talking all about that, which should be fun. Kyle, we're going to do winners and losers today. So, and I'm not sure if you had any ties. I had only winners or losers. Uh, ties are for soccer. I mean, yeah, exactly. Let's get that crap out of here. I uh-huh. mean. We might as well just put the ghost runner on second base for this one if we're going to call it ties. No, we're we're good. We're 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 rolling through this. Only winners are losers. If you're a loser, you have no chance at winning the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. If you're a winner, you will win the Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, a lot of Super Bowl winners coming up. Uh, I, I kind of like the ghost runner on second rule. I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I don't like if your if your solution is hey let's watch less of our sport. I think your sport is a problem rather than the, you know, the rules necessarily. I think that's the problem. Yeah, I think I think both could be true. Yeah, uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for just playing baseball traditionally. Yeah, uh, 
Okay. Uh, overlap 618. Uh, the real winner of this offseason is me because I get a shot at Jackson in the penguin suit since the goat came back. Get ready, Jackson. I don't believe I've signed on to the penguin suit uh, for another year. Have I Have I done that? I think it's just a lifetime contract. If the Bucks win the Super Bowl, okay, anytime yeah. we're doing this podcast, you got You got to put the penguin suit back on. You know, uh, sure. I think that that's uh, fair enough. But then same has to go for you, Dill. I don't think we have to worry about that right now. So um. <laughs> okay, <laughs> a little spoiler alert for the Patriots segment. Let's just jump into it. Uh, we're going to start off with the. Uh, let's start off with the Bills. Uh, so I have these. Uh, overlays that kind of get through, you know, I'm not going to go through each one because there's going to be a lot of smaller details in here, but this is the list. You can get all of these at NFL.com if you want to check that out. This is all the additions, so not the subtractions, but the additions, the bills, really the, the headliner being Von Miller, I think. Some other, I think, interesting moves, such as like Jamison Crowder, Case Keenum, and O.J. Howard. Uh, winners or losers for the bills, Kyle? Uh, I still have them down as winners. I thought this was a pretty good offseason. I like the, you know, they brought some guys back. Um, uh, there's some sneaky signings here that I think could actually pan out for them. Like, I know this is going to be ridiculous. And for a Tampa Bay fan, you're going to roll your eyes. But if they get the best version of O.J. Howard, we've been waiting to see this. Mm -hmm. O.J. Howard could be a steal of a sign in this offseason. And I actually think the Jamison Crowder one's kind of low-key good. Because I didn't think Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley was that good last year. And uh, I thought they needed another option there, and I think that's a pretty good another option to have. I think he's a solid number two receiver, so I think that's a pretty good move. I'm going to go, and then, of course, like a, uh, the big one is the, uh, the Von Miller signing. And look, is it a lot of money? Is it a lot of money guaranteed for a player who is 32, I believe, 33 almost, one of those two? Yes, it's a lot of money, but at the same time, if you feel like you're that close to winning a Super Bowl, you might as well just overpay and go for, the, go for it. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you, that's what the money's for, right? To get the most talent possible. Like I, I'm with you. Like I'm not typically a big fan of, but it's like it's, it was the same thing with when Von Miller last got overpaid in terms of uh, draft capital. The Rams, like, hey, like, this is what we feel like we can put it put us over the top. This is an addition we can have. I'm exactly with you. I have the Bills as winners as well. Not a ton to talk about because they kind of just maintain most of it. But you know what they did add, I like. Yeah, I mean, the, this team was close anyway, so, I mean, I think anything was a bonus. And, yeah, like I said, the Von Miller feels like a bonus. I think Shaq Lawson's also a pretty good signing. I like Daquan Jones a little bit, too. So, I, I mean, they, they kind of retooled this defensive line, and I didn't think they needed a ton of work there after the last offseason with the draft picks they had. But I don't think this is a bad offseason at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go. Let's move on. Let's go to the Miami Dolphins. This is the big one to talk about, Kyle. I mean, obviously... Uh, you know, one thing worth noting is I made all these this morning, so a couple of them aren't going to have. So, you know, if you're again, if you're listening to the audio, you might be a little confused. Uh, during the uh video, I have a an overlay of every single transaction, and they don't have the ones that happened today, so no Tyreek Hill on the thing. But obviously, Tyreek Hill was in fact traded. That is the big one. Also, Teron Armstead, Connor Williams. Uh, along with things like, uh, you know, re-signing Emmanuel Ogba and getting a bunch of different backs in the room. And even uh, Teddy Bridgewater, good backup, maybe good starter. Who knows? Uh, I have the Dolphins as winners here, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this this is a win for me as well. So, I mean, there's a few things. Like, so obviously, Teron, I think Teron Armstead's a fantastic left tackle. Uh, obviously, the big thing is he needs to play. Um, and... If he's healthy, that's a fantastic signing. 
Uh, and you look at like what Trent Williams did for this offense when he signed in San Francisco, that's kind of the signing that I think Teron Armstead can be for this team. Uh, I think they, the smaller moves, I like Teddy Bridgewater as a backup. I like Chase Edmonds as, you know, cheap running back option. I like Raheem Mostert and Alex Ing- Alec Ingle that I think fit this system well. Um, and then you get into the bigger ones where it's like Tyreek Hill is going to run into a San Francisco-style offense with McDaniel now. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be awesome. You paid a premium. You're paying a lot of money. Um, and you're paying a lot of draft picks to have Tyreek Hill on your team. But I still think Tyreek Hill is one of the five best weapons wide receivers in football. Um, and I think he's really top five, not like uh, one of the 20 best top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you add a good players to your offensive line along with Armstead. I think Ogba is a good move. Um, I think Cedric Wilson as another receiver, I think is a pretty shrewd move too. This is just a bunch of a little moves, but there's two huge moves they made. And I think it was a, a you know, a good off season in that regard. Yeah, you still could use a couple offensive linemen, uh, and we'll see how they go about addressing that. It's also worth mentioning with the Hill trade, like the highest pick they gave up was pick number 29. So they gave up five picks, but they didn't have to give up a ton of like premium picks for that, which I think is also uh, very fascinating. So for for the Dolphins, I agree. I think this is it should be very it should be an electric offense, and this is the value of Tua, right? We're on one hand. Tua isn't elite, obviously, but the next best thing is getting a quarterback on a rookie deal. And that's what we have with Tua. So the question is, again, can he really put them over the hump? But he doesn't have to be a superstar for this team to be competitive. Yeah, so I guess the thing is here is that, so if Tua is the, uh, I mean, I don't think he's this bad, but at the same time, so PFF had him as the 25th rated quarterback. If Mm -hmm. he's the 25th rated quarterback, he's gone next year, right? Like this is it. I think he doesn't even make it to the end of next year. Uh, well, it's weird. Like, I didn't think Baker Mayfield should have made it to the end of last year. I thought Keenum should have come in. But I would assume that if that's the case, they make a move and put Bridgewater in. Yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, I, I definitely put my I, – I put some barbs out there on Twitter just because it's the rivalry thing um, sure. to do. But, I mean, they, they've given him plenty of help here, so he has to perform. And I think that he, you know, he's shown flashes of being – the guy and he's also shown flashes of oh man this looks bad but at the same time if you get the if you can harness the good part of Tua I think it's a perfect fit for this team I think it works to this offense really well um obviously the hyper accuracy stuff is going to work but I still think that there's some bad to him that he needs to get out of his game or else they're going to be quickly looking for an upgrade this this is the team now for I mean this was one of the teams we looked at with cap space this offseason is potentially going big but mm-hmm. this is almost three off seasons now where this team has gone aggressive where you look mm-hmm. back to the Byron Jones and Xavier Howard off season two. Now this one where they're splashing the catch on an offense tackle brought in two pretty good or one pretty good receiver and one great receiver there. This is one of the most aggressive teams of the past couple of years. You got to be able to perform with that. Yeah. Should be, should be fascinating uh, down the stretch. Let's go to your team, Kyle. Let's talk some New England Patriots. Uh, I'll let you have the floor here as the Patriots fan. Winners or losers? Uh, I mean, right now it's a winner. Listen, I, I have full trust in the Patriots and what they do system-wise to fill in the holes of this team to be solid, at the very least solid. I, I just don't think as long as Bill Belichick is there, this is ever going to be a bad team. Like, I think it could be like an average team or a below-average team like the 7-9 season, but I don't think it's ever going to be a terrible team. Uh, And I fully expect them to fill in the pieces to make this work. That being said, 
you lost two of your best players this offseason and basically have no solution to replace them. Um, and even guys like, you know, Ted Karras, I think is a solid player. I mean, there's solid players across the board. I think they lost and didn't really address how to replace. Um, I like the Mac Wilson part of this deal. Like, I don't think he's a fantastic linebacker, but as far as the coverage stuff goes, I think he fits in a lot better than some of the other guys that they've had to try and fill those roles. I think he's all right. I think Terrence Mitchell's all right. Um, but you lost important players and you didn't really go out to replace them. I think that's the one problem they're going to have. Um, so I have losers. You have losers. I, I thought I, I thought I heard you say winners at the beginning. So losers. No losers. Yes. Okay. Maybe I meant to say, that. yeah, I meant to say losers the whole time. Like I said, I think that they're going gotcha. to fill in and this team will be fine. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, this team's a loser because they lost important players and then didn't address it. Oh yeah. I, I'm totally with you. I agree. I think that the, the, the Patriots demise, you know, uh, is greatly exaggerated. I don't think that this is going to be a team that's uh, completely screwed. But there was just like, you know, again, I still don't understand that Shaq Mason move. Like, I don't get the logic behind it. Like, did he owe Jason Light a favor? Like, what was, was is this the, uh, did he owe the Tampa Bay organization a favor after Akeem Talib and Darrell Rebus? Like, is that all this is? Like, I don't know what's exactly is. Uh, it, it was just kind of an odd one. The, I get JC Jackson. They did just resign Malcolm Butler. That's interesting. So, uh, the, you you trust Belichick. You trust he knows what he's doing. He's going to find replacements that we've maybe never even heard of that are going to turn into good players. So uh, I'm not like – I'm with you. I think the Patriots will be fine, but I also have them as losers just because like, you lost talent and you'll have to replace them. Yeah, yeah. So I think overall I'm not going to go on full panic mode. I think getting Trent Brown back is huge, especially on that deal. If he can stay healthy. I mean, look, I mean, yeah, you lose Shaq Mason, but at the same time, I, I'm concerned about the depth of the offensive line now, especially after losing him and Ted Karras. But at the same time, if you look at, you know, Isaiah Wynn, David Andrews, Michael Onyenwu, Trent Brown, that's still a top half of the league offensive line right there. So, I mean, there's still reasons to be optimistic about that. Um, you could still, you know, cut Jake Bailey because I know they're going to get that stupid lefty punter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we'll see how they retool from there. Yeah. Are you concerned at all about the secondary? Yes. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's go to uh, – let's finish up, round up the division with the New York Jets. Uh, New York Jets making some some quarterback moves, adding guys like Joe Flacco and Mike White, retaining Mike White. A, little, a lot of littler moves with the Jets. Braxton Berrios, uh, CJ Uzma, uh, Yuzuma, uh, a big addition there. Lakeland Tomlinson, who I think I, I like that fit a lot. Guys like DJ Reed and Jordan Whitehead in the secondary to kind of try and fill out that, you know, had a lot of holes. And they're, I think they're trying to at least plug up these holes so maybe they can draft the best player available. I have this as a win for the Jets. They didn't make a ton of splashy moves, uh, and they didn't have a lot of cap space. So it's, you know, them and like the Dolphins definitely went different pathways and also the Jaguars, who we'll talk to in a, about in a minute. But I like what they did in terms of, it seems like they're setting themselves up for the future and saying we're not ready to compete this next year. So we're going to kind of nudge ourselves in the right direction. Yeah. I had this as a win too. I really like this off season. I would have loved this off season if they got Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, I thought it was a good off season. I think Conklin Conklin and Uzuma is interesting, but I think that it kind of works. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, I like the offensive line help they got. I like the guys they got in their secondary now. Um, I think that overall it's just a few good moves that I think work. I think the backup quarterback depth works. Um, 
I mean, the thing with the Jets is that everything is basically depending on that Zach Wilson pick. Like, if that works, you're going to, you know, this is going to look like a genius offseason. If the Zach Wilson pick doesn't work, this might look like a bad offseason because he didn't make any splash moves, right? Yeah, it's just, I guess here's the one thing I'll say about the Jets is why not get Tyreek Hill? Uh, And maybe it was a decision. I think I heard some, like, maybe Tyreek Hill had a a, a decision in this. Uh, So if that's the case, then, you know, forget everything I'm about to say. But, like, apparently they didn't even give up a first-round pick to try and make this. Why not give up a first-round pick and guarantee you have a guy who uh, you can really see if these Mahomes comparisons are fair or not by giving uh, him Mahomes' favorite weapon? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, so I... I was out and about today, so I didn't get all the information. But mm-hmm. I thought at one point I heard a report that the Chiefs had deals with both teams, and it was basically up to Tyreek. Yeah, I thought I, think, I saw that report at one yeah, point. Yeah, I believe Rappaport tweeted that out. Yeah, so I mean, if that's the case and he just didn't choose you, I mean, it stinks. But at the same time, like, you know, mm-hmm. you just you kind of lost out on that. But at the same time, like, I still like Barrios. I like using my, I like Conklin. I like Elijah Moore and what he did his rookie season. I'm still holding out a little hope for Denzel Mims and what I saw from his rookie season. I mean, I still think there's pieces here. Obviously, you need the number one guy, and Hill fits fits, fits that bill. Um, but, you know, it, it didn't seem like to work out. I still think this is a good offseason, and we'll see what the Jets do from here. Yeah, still seems like they could, you know, they got a lot of draft capital, so that's what that's the other thing here. Right, let's move on. Let's go to the Baltimore Ravens here. The Ravens uh, weren't too busy, but again, made made a solid. I thought the moves they made, I liked. Uh, you know, specifically Marcus Williams and Morgan Moses uh, seem to be moves that I think are good. Uh, you know, Moses consistently, like a, we talked about him, like the perfect value tackle signing. Uh, and then you know, Marcus Williams also should be a, a lot of fun to watch in that defense. So I have them as winners, not massive winners, but they're winners. Yeah, I think the last podcast I had, the uh, I said this was one of my favorite off seasons, mm-hmm. um, and then they the Zadaria Smith deal fell through, right? Um, and I think it, I would have been a huge win if that was you know who they also got. They ended up getting Michael Pierce, which I still think is a good move. Um, I still have it as a win, um, just not as big of a win after uh, you know losing out on that deal, which I thought could have been huge for them. Yeah, uh, what if Ravens ever uh, really get the wide receiver position under control? I guess you just you just wait for Bateman to see what he does. Yeah, I mean he showed flashes. I mean that's kind of your hope, I guess, right? Is uh, Bateman works out? You have you have Hollywood Brown still, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean it's uh, definitely someone they could have they definitely could have used uh, definitely could have used another body out there. Yeah, they should have gone after Tyreek Hill. Is this is this the but the thing is is like so are free agents just not going to sign there anymore based on their system? Probably. Like because it's like you look at guys like okay DJ Chark went to the Lions. Would it mm-hmm. have made would it have made financial sense for like a guy like DJ Chark to take a one year prove it deal in Baltimore? Probably not, right? Because he's not going right. to get the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't compete with that offensive firehouse that is Detroit. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, also, I mean... I, I, I think I combined two words at the firehouse. I'm in a powerhouse, not firehouse. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> you know, I, I just... I don't know. I just think it's... Uh, I wonder if wide receivers just blackballed this team. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I mean, what? Like, Sammy Watkins went there. So, like... But yeah, it does seem like... It, they at least have to up the price a little bit, maybe. So maybe that's part of it. Uh, let's yeah. go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, another team that 
we were interested in because they obviously they made the Super Bowl the previous year, and then they had a lot of cat space. Use some of that cat space, especially on the offensive line, which we expected. So, you know, they lost Yuzuma, but they added Hayden Hurst, and they also added Leo Collins and Alex Kappa, two guys who should be plug-and-play starters for them, and Ted Carreras uh, as well, uh, as Kyle mentioned earlier, uh, in re-signing guys, Eli Apple and Jesse Bates, among other moves. So I have him as... I actually have them as slight winners. And the reason why I only say slight is they didn't have a lot of cap space. I think they maybe could have done more with that, but I still think they, they definitely got better. There's no question about that. Yeah, I have it as big winners. Um, or not, I guess okay. not big winners. I have I do have it as winners, but I think BJ Hill is an upgrade over Larry Ogunjobi too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, bringing back this secondary, I thought was pretty good. I, I would have liked another corner over Eli Apple, but at the same time, you, you kind of could say, okay, he, he did fine last year. We can give him another one year, and you can address that in the draft too. But, I mean, you look at this offensive line where you had the worst guard play in football last year. Alex mm-hmm. Kappa fits in right away. Um, and then Ted Karras is – Ted Karras to me is kind of like the Morgan Moses of interior offensive linemen. You uh-huh. know, he's not – he's never flashy. He's never going to be like – you're never going to look at a play and say, oh, wow, Ted Karras is awesome. But he's mm-hmm. just steadily good. And even more important, I think, too, he can play center and guard. So you can move him around your offensive line depending on what you want to do. Um, and then the flashy player is, um, you know, the off-field stuff, you know, who knows sometimes with him. But Lyle Collins is a stud and getting mm-hmm. him, too. I mean, between those three and Jonah Williams, this is a clear upgrade, I think, to me, to the weakest part of the team where if they have those three guys, they might win a Super Bowl last year. Like, so – Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it, I think it's a win in that regard. I think it's a huge thing for the Bengals to upgrade that spot. I agree. I also think it's very important for them to not uh, for them to not uh, try to win last year's Super Bowl. You know, like because yeah. it's a diff- it's you're probably gonna have tougher competition, especially with the way the AFC is going. They still have 23 million in cap space, uh, so I guess my thing is I just want to see do more stuff, like do more with that, like make another move, and then I'll feel good about it. I think there's um, again. They're clearly better than they were last year, and they almost won the Super Bowl last year. So things yeah. are good. I just think there is still a higher ceiling for what they can do this offseason. That that's my only point. Yeah, I'm curious if they if they draft some really nice players, this could be a, just a huge win of an offseason. But it's a uh, you know still got some work to do. I can agree with that. Well, yeah. if they if they add Stephon Gilmore, is this a huge win? Probably, yeah. They, they just, like, one more move like that, and I'm I'm a big fan. Yeah. So still guys out there. All right, let's go to one of the teams that you have to say, you know, on the football field, uh, this was a a big winner. The Cleveland Browns, obviously the headliner, Deshaun Watson, gave up a lot for him, but you're getting a top five quarterback in his prime. Obviously, the allegations are another thing. Also added Jacoby Brissett, who I'm assuming is a, in case Watson gets suspended for part of this season, he can come in and be a solid backup in that situation. They got a mark, traded for Mark Cooper for basically nothing other than taking on his contract they traded for chase winovich so they've been busy with trades tagging david and joku uh kyle your thoughts on on all of this if you want to talk about the you know i don't think we've talked about the deshaun watson situation yet so if you want to talk about that if you want to talk about just the football side of things uh i'll give you the floor i mean it i don't really know how to talk about this off season, off the field stuff you know it's just mm-hmm. it's it's crazy um obviously he's gonna have a whole lot of civil out uh civil lawsuits to deal with and we'll see what happens with all of that i don't really know how to view a lot of this i know that it's tough to bring evidence to a lot of those cases uh as far as for the nfl aspect of the cleveland browns and this whole deal 
I think it's safe to assume Deshaun Watson is going to get a six-game suspension based on what we've seen from Ben Roethlisberger and Ezekiel Elliott. So I think getting a guy like um, Jacoby Brissett makes a lot of sense in that regard because you need someone for those time. Uh, Amari Cooper is an upgrade over what Jarvis Landry was last year. I think mm-hmm. Jakeem Grant is fine. Njoku is fine. And then, you know what, this team, this was another one kind of like the Dolphins where this team has been really aggressive the last couple of seasons to get to the point where um, to get to the point where they want to win a Super Bowl. And this is kind of just the tipping point of that. It says, okay, we are going to try and win this thing. And so on the field, this is a huge win. I mean, this is a huge win for the team getting guys like this. I mean, they're getting a high level wide receiver who's probably in the top 20 in the game. You're getting a quarterback here. Who's probably top five in the game and young. You're paying a premium for him. You're paying a ton of money, but that feels like a win to me. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on more of the, uh, uh, you know, serious side of this story. Uh, I would recommend checking out my initial video when right when the news broke. I kind of t- talked about it more than just in the football side of things. I think there's some people saying like, oh, Deshaun Watson wasn't even that great when he was playing. Deshaun Watson's really good at football. Like that's like, going back and looking at his numbers, uh, like especially his advanced stats, he was like top three in like every category the last we saw of him. So they're getting a fantastic football player. There's, and if you do that at the quarterback position, it gets going to, Get, get a win there he he uh led the league in passing yards like two years ago with basically garbage mm-hmm. didn't he i mean like uh, he, he's a fantastic football player there's no doubt about that uh you know all the other stuff it's a whole different conversation and like, i mean i'm definitely not the person who's like qualified to talk about a lot of this um it's weird to think about a lot of it especially when like it doesn't seem like everything's settled but at the same mm-hmm. time as far as an on-the-field football player, Deshaun Watson's fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, so there you go with all of that. We can just uh, move along here. Let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team who has never had any controversy with their quarterback position. Uh, right now, uh, <laughs> a different kind of controversy with the quarterback position. They don't have one. Uh, well, I guess they technically have. Uh, we sent a couple guys, Haskins and Trubisky. I'm not sure if that's going to be the w- – w- not sure what they're going with. They're, uh, you know, uh, adding guys like Okafor, or I guess uh, re-signing Okafor, adding James Daniels, uh, among other sort of smaller moves, Miles Jack uh, as well, Arkello Weatherspoon, among others. Uh, For the Steelers team, uh, I guess I have it as a loss here, just because I'm kind of like, I guess, what are we doing with this Mitchell? Like, the quarterback position has to be the number one thing. I'm assuming they're going to draft someone, but it's not massive a loss, but again, I wanted to... This to me felt like kind of I view this like you have X amount of assets. I feel like I don't really know what exactly they got with those assets. They got some solid offensive linemen. Uh, they got, uh, again, I don't hate the idea of adding Trubisky, but I want to get close to 50 50 wins and losses. I think I had 17 wins, uh, and 15 losses. So for the Steelers, I kind of put them at the lower. It's not that they did bad necessarily, but I think that just the other teams around them are adding talent, whereas they're kind of treading water. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this was the closest one I probably had to tie. I mm-hmm. ended up going lost, too, just because it's like, I agree. It's like, so they, they made that Trubisky move pretty early in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious. So if, like, they had the opportunity, if they knew, like, Matt Ryan would become available, um, if they knew, 
uh, Baker, I mean, who knows if Baker would be traded in the division, but still, mm-hmm. if they knew Baker was available and if they knew some of these guys became available later in the offseason, do they make that move? And it doesn't seem like it's really helping. I know they're at the pro day of Malik Willis, but still looking at Willis's draft stock and knowing how quarterbacks are drafted in this league, they're going to have to move up and trade to get a guy like Malik Willis. He's not falling to where they're picking. There's no chance. Mm-hmm. I'm guaranteeing that right now. So they're going to have to move up there. I thought they could have addressed more things a little bit better. Um, I guess you can look and say like, hey, Levi Wallace is decent um, and they needed help in the coverage. Uh, I guess Miles Jack is a decent buy low option, but he was terrible last year. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that like, but who if, wasn't for Jacksonville last year? That's too. true. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's very much the Natalie Portman in the uh, Star Wars prequels thing, potentially. That's true. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like, I guess if every one of these guys work out, it's a good offseason. But you're also hoping for like a lot of career resurgences from guys like Trubisky and Miles Jack. Yeah. No, again, I don't really even hate any of these moves in a vacuum. It's just like nothing really excited me. So I'm like, eh, if, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So I'm going to put you as loser, losers. But I don't feel like sh- there, there's worse losers here. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, we just went through this. Everybody in the AFC North got better. Um, mm-hmm. Did the Steelers actually get better? Yeah, probably not. Uh, but Mike Tomlin will still find a way to win eight and a half games. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to the... Texans, the Texans also uh, headlined by the Deshaun Watson move. Uh, I had the Texans as winners. At first, I was like, eh, I guess losers here as well, kind of similar to the, the Steelers, where a lot of their moves, can, there's a laundry list on your screen of all the moves here. But I think the the reason why I'm going to put them as winners is they got someone to take on the, the trade for Deshaun Watson and give the value that they were hoping they would get before this whole thing happened before all the allegations happened. So the Texans get to wash their hands of it. They get a fully rebuild. The biggest thing that happened for the Texans was just we're a year removed from last year. That's like the biggest win for them. But I'm giving them a win just because I think that they uh, came out ahead on the Deshaun Watson. Thing. Yeah, I guess that's the reason you'd say winner is, you know, they got a haul for that. They got a lot mm-hmm. of assets. Um, I'm still kind of leaning loser because, I mean, I'm just looking at this list of guys. Sure. And I was looking mm-hmm. at this as I was reading this, and it's like, what exactly is the game plan here? Like right. it, it feels like it, this, this off season feels like it's throwing darts and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. Like just go through this list right now and tell me who your favorite signing of these guys is. Is it uh, yeah, Malik uh, Collins? I guess, I guess maybe Desmond King. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It, like, there's not a lot of good, not a lot of great stuff. That, and, and they did this last year too, where they just like they acquired like you know what we're gonna have the best like bench in the league, and then they're like you know what that was a good strategy. Let's try that. Let's do more of that this year. Yeah, I don't know. Like it doesn't feel like the Texans are gonna be any. I know that this is still a rebuilding project and a massive rebuilding project that is a product of their own you know ineptitude, starting with the Bill O'Brien era as Bill O'Brien GM era, but. I just look at these guys and it's like, okay, you're gotta get, you bought you bought a bunch of guys who you're hoping another one where it's like, okay, you're hoping all these guys re, you know have resurgences in their career. Anna Janovich hasn't been very good lately. Um, you know, Farrah Brown hasn't really worked out as a tight end. Um, like I said, Collins is fine, but then you're looking at guys like Christian Kirksey has not been good. <laughs> so right. I just I don't know. I just look at this and it's like, yeah, I I don't feel like this is anything special. Yeah, that's fair. I had him as lost until I remembered, oh, yeah, the Deshaun Watson trade. I'll, I'll put him, throw it over to win. 
uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't disagree. Let's go over to the Indianapolis Colts here. The Colts uh, pull off an interesting move where they, you know, to get rid of Carson Wentz and end up getting Matt Ryan back. They ended up giving up, they ended up gaining draft capital with that overall exchange, which is kind of uh, interesting. And again, get cat space on top of it. Also traded for Unique and Gakwe, uh, giving up Rocky Asin back as well, along with free signing Moali Cox. So. Uh, Colts are never are really usually big move makers in terms of the uh, free agency. It's usually trades or draft how they'll get their talent. Uh, I have them as a win just because I think you know you upgraded quarterback. It's usually going to go down as a win in my book. Yeah, I do have it as a win too. I, the Ngakwe Yasin trade is weirdly a trade that I like for both parties. Um, you don't really see that too often in the NFL. I feel like, especially mm-hmm. when it's player for player. Um, so yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was a fine off season, but my God, can this team pay a wide receiver? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I have a buddy who's a Colts fan in my life who we text quite often. He's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. Odell Beckham's available," and I'm like, "You're not paying him." <laughs> You're right. not going to pay Odell Beckham. It's just like, I don't know. I guess he's still in the conversation. Maybe they bring in Julio Jones as a buy-low candidate, reunite him with Matt Ryan. That'd be something. But it's like, this team just hates paying wide receivers. And it's like, listen, I think this is a good football team. But literally every other organization in the NFL, probably besides them in New England, has figured out wide receivers kind of an important position. And mm-hmm. they're just refusing to like address it. Yeah, no, uh, I, I totally agree with with all of that. Uh, interesting stuff with Indianapolis. I, I, you know, good. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, one more team, like, who's going to trade for Carson Wentz next year? Uh, who do you think is going to do it? Someone will. Um, way more traffic. Probably Pittsburgh. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. Uh, just crazy stuff. Let's move on. Speaking of crazy stuff, uh, maybe the biggest of losers this uh, in, my, in my book, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you look at this list, you're like, oh, okay, you got some solid like bargain signings until you look at the numbers they're paying for these guys. I mean, uh, Christian Kirk, obviously the big one, getting huge money. Uh, Zay Jones, even getting decent money. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, wide receiver one back in the room. That's always nice. Uh, Evan Ingram, uh, Cam Robinson, Brandon Sheriff, uh, along with uh, Aluakon, uh and Fatuski as kind of the, the headliners. Also, uh, Darius Williams, I like that move. Not going to hate all these moves, but again, spending over $100 million uh, for a year of guys who I'm not really sure how much your value you're going to get. Uh, I, I guess, you know, maybe you're winners cause you don't have Urban Meyer anymore. But to me, this is a, this is a, 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 a clear lose to me. Yeah, this is a loss. Um, mm-hmm. the, I guess, you know, we talked, we did this a lot last week, so we don't have to go crazy into it, but mm-hmm. I guess you look at the one thing you could say is that the Jaguars will be a better team in 2022. Just because I do think that the players they got and overpaid for are better than the players they had on the roster. Um, mm-hmm. And I like Sheriff. I like Darius Williams, that kind of thing. You paid a sure. lot for them, though. Uh, you mm-hmm. paid a lot to get guys to come to Jacksonville, I feel like. Uh, so that's a loss for me because, I mean, the Christian Kirk thing, There, there's no reasonable – I know it's – what is it? It's uh, $37 million guaranteed. So it's not like you're paying, like, crazy guaranteed money. But at the same time, like, that and the Zay Jones thing, like, you pay two number three receivers, what a hundred million dollars? Mm-hmm. Like that just doesn't. There's there's no thing that uh, there's no reason that makes sense. Yeah, uh, not so sure about uh, this one for Jacksonville. But hey, like the Jets, uh, if if Trevor Lawrence looks good, then nothing else matters. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, he mm-hmm. can make this look like a genius offseason if you know Christian Kirk has a thousand yard receiver play season playing with him. 
Sure, exactly. Uh, let's move on to the Tennessee Titans. They're, they had an interesting offseason, kind of almost like a uh, – oh, here, uh, the banner went up. Here we go, back to the banner. Kind of a weird one with, uh, you know, Robert Woods. I feel like it went a little bit under the radar a little bit. It was still a pretty big move, only for a sixth-round pick. They're taking on – it's not even like a horrible contract. So I, I don't really – I'm surprised that's all it took for Robert Woods. I really liked that move. Some moves I wasn't like crazy about, like the Harold Landry uh, signing. I just felt typically when you sign a guy like that, it doesn't work out more often than it does. Keeping Ben Jones is definitely uh, a positive as well. Also, uh, you know, getting uh, Austin Hooper in the building I like. So I, I, I'm going to go with a slight win here as a whole. I think the the Robert Woods thing sort of pushed it over from a loss to a win, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you look at that and say Hooper Hooper and Woods are clear upgrades over what they had last year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is. And, I mean, it's sad to say that about Julio Jones now, and he was hurt last year, so that adds to it. But, yeah, I mean, I think both of those are clear upgrades. I don't know what Woods' health is for the beginning of the year. I'm assuming he's going to be okay. I don't know. Um, I, I feel like I don't know what an ACL injury anymore means. Like, right. Uh, if a guy's back in six months, it's like, oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, yeah. So you, you look at some of these, like the, the Landry thing, you're, you're right on, you, you hit this, uh, nail on the head with that one. It's like, it's a lot of money, but at the same time, like he was, he was good last year. Uh, it's unlikely he continues that production, but at the same time, if he does, then it looks like a pretty decent contract. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that this is an okay off season. I'll put it as a slight win. Yeah, that's the thing with the Lange thing. I'm saying it seems like more often than not, these things don't work. That that move doesn't work out. It doesn't mean it works out 0% of the time, though. So there is the chance that it does work out, and then you uh, feel good about it. So that's kind of why it's it's fascinating. Uh, and you're, the biggest thing about the Titans is, like, you're playing in the one winnable division in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly, like, it was the worst last year, but it's clearly, clearly fourth, right? Like, it's no debate. Yeah, I mean, at least last year, it's like you had the one seed there. And for Titans, maybe you'll get the one seed again just because, like, you have uh, just an easier uh, schedule than all these other teams in the AFC do. I guess, uh, yeah, probably, yeah, just period. Yeah. Could Mm -hmm. the Jets be the, you know, battle for the two seed in this division? The the Jets? Probably not. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think... I'm confused what you mean. The Jets don't play in the AFC South. If they did... Like, uh, you put them over Houston and Jacksonville, right? And like competing with the Colts. Gotcha. Uh, I'd have the Colts over the Jets, I think. Uh, again, it depends on how we'll see if there's the this, this sophomore jump with uh, well, Wilson. But other than that, I'd still think I, I would feel comfortable with the Colts over the, the Jets. That's fair. But it's just mm-hmm. it's crazy how bad this is. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> fair. Uh, it's 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 fascinating. Uh, let's go to the Broncos here. Broncos got Russell Wilson, so it's a win. I mean, there's other moves they made as well. Uh, you obviously, I, the Randy Gregory thing was fascinating, and I, I'm interested in Randy Gregory and how well he'll uh, perform. Uh, some other smaller moves on top of that, uh, but you got Russell Wilson, it's a win. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think this is a very good offseason. I think the Gregory thing's uh, a pretty good upgrade after losing Von Miller. You know, you bring him in, uh, you know, I think that's a pretty that's a pretty good spot to you know settle on Randy Gregory after giving up on Miller and there's only twenty eight million dollars guaranteed in that deal too. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean I think that's a huge that's a huge get I think in my book. So I think that this is going to be I mean you elevated yourself to a potential Super Bowl contender. So I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah, the worst thing about the Broncos offseason was what the Raiders and Chargers did. 
Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, this division's just loaded now. So yeah, I mean, that's probably the conversation you're having. But at the same time, like you, you, you still had Chubb there. You have a good secondary. You have guys like Gregory now coming in. Um, you know, <laughs> this is maybe you add another piece on the offensive line. But I mean, you you have to feel pretty good about this team right now. Um, I guess the question is going to be now. I still make this move ten times out of ten because. This team hasn't had a good quarterback in a decade. But mm-hmm. the question is, what does Russell Wilson have left in the tank, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, how much of last year was just because of the injury? And he did look good once, you know, a few weeks later. So I, that's the question. But I, I still feel, I'm with you. I definitely feel good about the move regardless. Yeah. All right. Going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, oh, hit the wrong one. Raiders will be next. Chiefs uh, now here uh again the banner does not show the tyree kill trade yet uh but you know a couple of okay moves like okay you, you tag orlando brown i like the juju smith schuster move when i thought it was for being a number two now for him being a number one i don't know if i love it as much added justin reed but did lose tyron matthews so uh you know kind of a one in one out uh kind of thing there uh this is the loss right i mean you you lost tyree kill this is a lose uh yeah i agree i i don't think you know there's nothing that they're going to be able to do this offseason to address that spot right Mm -hmm. like it's just gone it's a part of your offense that's gone i think smith schuster is a fine number two receiver i don't even think he's that good of a number two receiver honestly Mm -hmm. he was number three in pittsburgh last year um you know it's going to be difficult they're going to bring in it sounds like valdez scantley might come in so i guess that might help but at the same time like I think Justin Reed's fine, but this I still like Tyron Matthew more than Justin Reed. Um, I I think that this team got worse this year. I think it, I think they really did. I still think that there's pieces of this team that are great. I think Mahomes is one of the two best quarterbacks in football, um, but the team is worse this year. Yeah, Kyle, uh, let me throw this at you. The New England Patriots had sustained success in part due to not being afraid to get rid of star players and not being afraid to kind of take a a bit of a rebuilding year, even when they had Tom Brady. So they would still be competitive, but maybe say, okay, we're not going to go all necessarily all in. We will instead, uh, you know, maybe prepare for a year down the road a little bit. Is this what Kansas City is doing? So it's kind of like a, not a a rebuild necessarily, but a long-term move. Uh, And is it okay to do this when you have these superstar quarterback that Kansas City does? Yes and no, I think, too, because I think part of it, I think, yes, it you can kind of get away with this with Mahomes. And, you know, if Mahomes, you know, the question is going to be like, you know, not having his guy there as Tyree Kill, like, does that change things to his offensive production? I don't think it will that much. Uh, I still think he'll be all right. Um, It's still hard, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, won't make it better. The, the thing is, I think the Patriots did well for their 20 years of success is that like this period of free agency right now and like later draft rounds, I think they excel that. And like they would approach this period of free agency of saying like, OK, here's a one year prove it deal to like a an older veteran. And mm-hmm. like so like say hypothetically the uh, you know, if. They can bring in guys like uh, Akeem Hicks, like, uh, you know, Odell Beckham, those sort of spots, you know, and say, here's a one-year prove-it deal. You're going to put up big numbers with us and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Down, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, you can come in and have a chance to win a Super Bowl, but 
are you going to be able to perform the level of, you know, are they going to be able to get those guys is the question. We still don't know yet. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of it's a classic, like, well, if they do these perfect things, then maybe it's a good move. What's going to have to do, the, like, if, yeah, if they add Julio and Odell, then maybe it's a good move. Well, but they have to do that. So that's, uh, yeah, I think uh, good stuff by you. Let's move on. Let's talk some Raiders. The official Las Vegas Raiders podcast here on YouTube. Uh, the Raiders, obviously the big addition of Devontae Adams. That is the headliner. And even some other like moves I liked. Like I thought that it was clever to sort of trade away Unique and Gakwe and then use some of the money you saved to add Chandler Jones along. And now you got Rocky Sin back on top of this. So uh, Raiders, I do have as winners here. Uh, absolutely. This is a huge win for me. This, uh, might be one of my favorite off seasons. I, you know, you look at the premium of what was paid for Tyree kill and Adams looks like a bargain. Um, you know, mm. he was still paid a lot and there was still a good amount of draft capital in that. Uh, you get guys like Jakob Johnson and Brandon Bolden who fit the offense, you know, they fill into the scheme very well. I think Demarcus Robinson's a good deep threat. I think that, yeah, I just go across the board and say, okay, I kind of like this player. I kind of like this player. I kind of like this player. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what? You you lost Casey Hayward, but I think Rocky sends a good cornerback too. So yeah, I mean, this is a huge, huge win of an offseason. Um, a lot of optimism right now from Raiders fans. I, I feel like they always talk themselves into their team. And oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I it's great to be optimistic about your team. I love seeing optimistic fan bases. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they always talk themselves into the team in the offseason, but I think there's a lot of optimism right now, and I think there should be because this this group is just gonna be fun to watch i mean we we thought this raiders offense was fun last year they're getting Devonte adams i mean yeah that that is crazy to see what this team's going to be next season i even you know i think it's going to be an awesome group to watch next season um do they have two top 20 receivers in football uh so uh are we saying is hunter renfro a top 20 receiver in football i'm asking <laughs> uh Probably not. I mean, I have to look. I mean, Hunter Renfro was probably a top 20 receiver last year. Uh, he's really good. Uh, very, very underrated player. And you also throw in Darren Waller there. I mean, you got, uh, you always talk about that third option. Like if Hunter Renfro is a third option, you're looking great. Yeah. I don't know. He he might be in the conversation there, crazily enough. You know, he's not someone you look at and say, you know, top 20 receiver. But uh, right. yeah, I mean, everything looks like an upgrade. Even Chandler Jones looks like an upgrade in Ngakwe, like you said, and you got a guy like Yasin back in that trade. I mean, this, this is a home run to me and everyone was concerned about this team because, you know, Russell Wilson's out of Denver. There's a stockpile of quarterbacks. Even if people like Derek Carr, it feels like he's the fourth best quarterback in this. um, uh, It feels like he might be the fourth best quarterback in this division for the next five years. Well, you did everything you can to maximize this roster, I feel like. I think it's a huge win. I had no idea that Devontae Adam and Derek Carr were like the best of friends ever. Right. But, uh, you know, take take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, here's one thing I thought, and it, this isn't really Raiders-specific. I like the Raiders moves. Uh, I just sort of thought, of like, of all these new moves, uh, as Kyle goes uh, leaves for a second, of all these new moves I uh, that have came up recently, like with these trading like first round picks and stuff like there's going to be one of these is probably going to be a Jamal Adams move in a few years. Right. Like I don't, I don't know if it'll be the Raiders or like the Dolphins. Like one of these is going to backfire. It could uh, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, you know, that's the risk you run with the trade. But at the same time, like I'm just looking at wide receivers is like, you know what, if I can get someone who I think is in the top 10, I'm going mm-hmm. to do it. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, if I'm going to get someone I think is in the top 10, never mind the top five like these two, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to pay for it. Um, I don't think that there's a losing situation in that. Now, if they fall off quickly, that's a different conversation. But mm-hmm. I don't see any signs of Adam slowing down right now. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, all right, let's round out the AFC with the Chargers, a team that was very busy this offseason. Uh, Chase Daniel, the uh, the GOAT of getting paid and not playing. <laughs> uh, so good news for Justin Herbert. That should mean he'll be healthy this year. Uh, resetting Mike Williams. Uh, adding guys like Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day, along with the star players, Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson, which should help that defense. Uh, Gerald Everett, who could be, a, you know, we talked about how over-the-middle stuff was an issue for them last year. They add that as well. So uh, I have them with a win here. Yeah, I do think it's a win. Um, I think it's a win as well. I think the question is like, so is this an offseason that on paper looks better than what it's actually going to execute on the field? Like, I think I look at this movie like, is Khalil Mack still that dude? Um, you know, mm-hmm. J.C. Jackson is obviously fantastic. You're paying him a lot to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and a new scheme as well. Yeah, and it's like, sure, you added defensive tackles uh, with Austin Johnson and Joseph Day, but are either of those guys guys you're, like, going to fall in love with? Uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. are they going to solve your run defense issues? They could. But yeah, I mean, I think it's an offseason that on paper looks really good. I'm interested to see how it works out because it's a lot of splash and I want to see the substance behind it. Yeah, I guess what's nice about where they're at is just like they had like a couple of like clear issues. And so all they had to do was like solve those issues. Whereas like for a typical team, like you have to like go out and, you know, uh, I feel like. It's it's common for you know you have to it's like okay what do, what do we really need like we have these issues like do we should we upgrade here for them it's like no we sucked at run defense but we're good at like most you know we sucked in you know I guess they had some other issues as well like that was like the biggest issue it's like let's just fix that and we'll be a much better football team yeah um, this is still I think a long off season ahead for the Chargers I still think they have some moves to make I'm interested to see what they do the second half of free agency and then going to the draft. Interesting. All right. Well, let's let's go to the NFC. So we took 50 minutes in. Might have to power through a little bit here uh, for the second half of this show. Dallas Cowboys, uh, they lost a decent amount. They did keep a couple of their guys in the building uh, with Leighton Van Der Esch and Michael Gallup, obviously losing, uh, you know, several players as well. Uh, probably the, the biggest headliner was Amari Cooper. Here also Leo Collins is out. So uh, Cowboys are lo- losers here. They they lost more talent than they brought in. Uh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine, you know, going from thinking you're signing, re- re-signing Randy Gregory? Not. Mm-hmm. Thinking you're going to get Vaughn Miller in that spot. Not. And then getting Dante Valor. Like that sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That really sucks. <laughs> There's yeah. no other way to round that. I think that they did right by bringing Gallup back because there was talk that they were going to lose him and Cooper. And I thought that was absolute lunacy. Um, I think getting Gallup back makes sense. I still would have liked to keep Cooper. Um, but that Ezekiel Elliott contract is just, you know, looking worse and worse. I do have this, have this as a loss. I think this team got worse. I don't know how much worse they're going to be. But at the same time, it's a worse team than it was last season. I'm a little concerned on that. Yeah, and, and like I don't know if they were ever. I mean, there was they were kind of in the championship contending like conversation last year. I don't know if they were ever actually that good, but they were at least in the conversation. Like you can't really put them in the conversation now, right? 
I wouldn't. I think the offensive line's worse. I think the defensive line's worse. I think even, you know, yeah, I mean, I think I wouldn't put him in the conversation right now. I think the receiving core is obviously worse without Cooper. So I wouldn't. But at the same time, like, if you ask me today who I think is going to win the NFC uh, NFC East, I'm still probably picking them. Yeah, that's that's also very fair. Let's let's go to another NFC East team. How about the New York Football Giants here? Uh, not a lot loss. of work. Uh, <laughs> just a loss right off the board from Kyle. Uh, because I mean, like they didn't. They were in the tough spot where they had no talent, but made up for it by not having any cap space. Uh, I like the Mark Glanowski uh, signing a little bit. Uh, getting Tarod Taylor as well. Uh, I I didn't hate so. Uh, I guess let's fight about it, Kyle. I had this one as a win because I just felt like they were in such a bad situation anyways. Like, what else were they going to do? Well, here's the thing. I feel like this offseason, this offseason for the Giants, like you said, they didn't really have cap space. But at the same time, like, teams that listen to the cap, I just feel like are losers right now. Like, anyone who doesn't li- listen to the salary cap is a loser. Um, well, but, like, I mean, okay, the cap might not be real. But, like, you know, there's certain amounts of money that they can, like, you know, the books will allow them to pay. Uh, so, like, you only have X amount of money you can spend on players similar to, like, baseball. Yeah, so I guess here's the thing. Like, I feel like this offseason is basically hoping that the guys who sucked last year are better this year. Uh-huh. Because they paid a lot of premium into the guys they got last season, specifically at the skill positions, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. It didn't work out for them. They're hoping those guys basically don't stink this year because I feel like that's what this offseason is. If, you're, if your solution to your offensive line, like like you said, I, I kind of like Glowinski as well. Um, I don't like Feliciano that much, but I you know when the numbers aren't out, it probably means he's getting in there for basically free. But mm-hmm. Mark Glowinski is not going to solve the offensive line issues, I feel like, in this team. I just feel like, look, who knows how much better this team actually could have gotten from this free agency period? Because like you said, there wasn't a lot of money to move. But this team didn't get better, and I feel like that's a loss to me. Yeah, I guess that's that's fair enough. They're in a tough spot, uh, regardless of how we feel, winners or losers. Uh, let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles here. Philadelphia Eagles uh, got some uh, some depth here with uh, like someone like Zach Pascal. Uh, kept Fletcher Cox, added Hassan Reddick, also uh, keeping Anthony Harris. I guess so. I had them as losers because because like okay, listen, uh, adding Hassan Reddick is very fun. Imagining him in that defense is very fun. Uh, I just can't see a scenario where adding like you have this much money and what you felt like you needed is more pass rush. I, I just don't really fully get that. Like, I, I think you you were okay there. Uh, I think there's, there's better ways you could have used that money. I guess is what I'll say. You could have got a Christian Kirk with that money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you could. Yeah. Actually, I mean, couldn't have. No, that, that would, he was too much. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, so I feel like the, you finally hit the home. You finally hit on a wide receiver in the draft and you feel like you're just good with one, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I feel like that, you know, there's moves they like you said, there's move across the board. Like this roster, even though I think they overperformed, I think this is the classic case of overperforming expectations and then thinking you're gonna build on that. This was the New York Knicks last year where they had a great regular season, impressed themselves, really went above expectations, and then everybody on their team kind of fell back down to earth this season and they're outside the playoffs. Like would you be surprised if everyone in the Eagles kind of falls back to earth this season and then they're like a four or five win team? Like I'm not going to be surprised in that situation. Yeah, it's it's possible. Uh, I'm not sure if I predict it, but I can I can I can envision it. Yeah. That being said, 
this defensive line is going to be nasty, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's that's what they got. I mean, and if you're a believer in like defensive line can help you win championships, I mean, they got it. Yeah, I do have it as a loser as well. I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. I I thought there was moves. You know, this secondary is still kind of crap. You know, all these years, it still feels like it's not the same. The wide receiver room still feels like it's kind of crap. You know, I just there's a lot of areas of this team that I don't like, except for the defensive line. So it's just like whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's round out the uh, everyone's favorite division, the NFC East, with the Commanders. Uh, kind of, the name Commanders is growing on me. Uh, I've got to be honest. Uh, here, added Carson Wentz, who I don't think will grow on me too much. I mean, he's a fine player, just not worth his contract. Uh, it's certainly not worth draft capital to give up. And that's pretty much it for Washington. So you got Carson Wentz. So uh, I'm giving them losers. Like, I, I don't know why this is the move you make, really, uh, if you're a Washington. Uh, I, I don't get how this helps you too much. The nice thing is it doesn't put him that far behind. Like, you know, next year you can get rid of once for no penalty. I just don't see how this ends up working out for Ron Rivera. Uh, Yeah, I have it as a loss too. I mean, here's the thing. I feel like that because they were the first team to go in the quarterback carousel, I feel like they kind of look like idiots, but who knows who how much work they did in looking into like Baker Mayfield, how much work they did in looking into guys like Matt Ryan, that kind of thing. Now, the one thing is, too, this is another team where it's like, OK, you have this offer out for um, you have this offer out for uh, Russell Wilson. He says no to your team like that kind mm-hmm. of sucks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like that it's a loss. I don't love Carson Wentz. Um and you're giving up a third round pick this year and potentially a second round pick next year. Um, that's not an awesome thing to give up. But yeah, I feel like they were the first ones to go. And that's why I feel like it was a problem. Right. I, it does just seem like, you know, once had that one season that he was uh, MVP candidate and everyone just thinks like we have an opportunity to get a guy who could be an MVP candidate. Uh, if we, if we, I feel like that's definitely like if once didn't have that season, like it's, it's, is this trade happening? Is anyone really? I mean, I, I was kind of thinking for the Colts, like if you can get rid of again, I get it. Commanders, like what else? Where where else are you going to go? What other move could you have made? I, I just I don't know. Uh, I just don't see how this helps them. I don't know what else you could have done, but again, uh, I'm still going to count that as a loss. Yeah, the worst thing this team did was get rid of the ball's name. I mean, uh huh. Yeah, that was that was tough. Well, why why do you need a name? Football team was fine. The balls were great. Yeah, the balls are the balls are great. Uh, let's move off of the <laughs> balls. Let's go to the Bears uh, here, who uh, didn't do a lot. Uh, got Byron yeah. Pringle, got uh, Aquamanius St. Brown. Um, you know, uh, not really any major move. The one the biggest move they made was the Larry and Okunjobi thing, which ended up falling through. They tried to overpay Okunjobi, and the doctors, uh, he ended up failing his physical. Uh, so kind of a, I guess, that's Plus a win eight. for them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that the you know uh, Bears go down as a loss right here. They got rid of some talent and didn't replace it. I think the Bears, like in terms of actual money, are currently spending like like ninety million under what the salary cap is, which is like absurdly low. So uh, I'm not sure if they're going to end up spending more money at a certain point. Like they're spending 120 million uh, when the salary cap is at 210 or 205. So like uh, that that's an, another interesting wrinkle here. Yeah, I mean, I had this as a loss. Look. Uh... You don't have to spend money to be like, I don't think you should be looking at football 
in the same concept of like a basketball tanking situation where you're just going to tear everything down and get better because especially when you invest in a young quarterback like they did for Justin Fields, mm-hmm. Justin Fields is not going to be good if there's not talent around him. Like even right. if you like Fields' talent, if you're not putting players around him to be successful, he's not going to be a successful player and it's not going to work out and you're going to make it look bad on him even if he's not put in the situation to succeed. And like you said, this team's spending way below the salary cap right now to have a bad offensive line, bad wide receivers, a decent running back. But what does a decent running back even mean these days? So mm-hmm. why even spend, Why even trade up to draft a quarterback if you're just not going to care? Like Mitch Trubisky can go to this team and be just as good as Justin Fields with basically crap around him because you're not spending to help your quarterback succeed. Why invest in a young quarterback if you're not actually going to help him be anything decent? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, that's very well said. And especially for Fields, it's like his play style so much is dependent on what's around him. I think he can be good if he's in the right situation. Uh, I just think this is like the worst situation. Like imagine, at least like with the Jaguar. Okay, the Jaguars aren't doing good moves. At least they're making an effort to help Trevor Lawrence. It seems like the Bears are actively like trying to make Justin Fields not look good. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a bad situation. I mean, is is Byron Pring? I mean. Darnell Mooney is what his number one receiver next year, and then Byron Pringle. Yeah, that's not a recipe for success. No, I, I mean, it's Spring- just Eberflus bringing that uh, that Frank Reich style, the Colt style of never uh, building through free agency, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that there's guys that you know, you can't say that, like, I just think not trying is not the solution. Now, they could draft a guy and see what happens, but at the same time, like. Why wouldn't you take a flyer on one of these one-year deal guys? Like, what what is more desirable for DJ Shark to go to? I keep bringing him up, but what is more desirable for DJ Shark to go to Detroit than it is to take a chance at going to Chicago? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just uh, not a great situation uh, for the Bears. Yeah, I feel bad. I would. I want Justin Fields to be good. But I just I don't see a situation where he unless he becomes like unless he's a superstar, I don't see a situation where he's good with this crappy team around him. Yeah, uh, let's move on. Uh, let's finally talk about your favorite move of the offseason with the Detroit Lions. Talk about DJ Chark, uh, your key guy, along with some other uh, you know minor uh, depth moves. I like the Tracy Walker signing as well. Keeping him in the building is good. Uh, and Tim Boyle, uh, the, the legend. Uh, continues to play football with Tim Boyle. Yes. Uh, some some great moves here by the kneecap fighters. I, I hope that he has like a Chase Daniel like career and just keeps getting jobs. Like it's hilarious that this guy's a backup quarterback. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I actually do have this as a win. I think it's a you know I, I talked about that chart thing. One you know I don't really think it really helps the team much at all. I don't think he's a good like great receiver or anything. But on a one year prove it deal, you know, you might get something out of that as like a number two, number three guy. Um, you know, you mentioned the Walker thing. I really like that, especially when this team needs coverage guys to stay badly who are good because there's mm-hmm. a lot of bad. Um, and even a guy like, look, Mike Hughes got clowned for that, you know, Gabriel Davis touchdown in the, uh, you know, that playoff game. But Mike Hughes had some decent coverage numbers last season. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad signing at all as a, on a free agent deal. Uh, I just think, you know, I go across the board and say, hey, I kind of like that guy. I kind of like that guy. I kind of like Josh Reynolds. So I think that there's a lot of things here that I like. And so it's a win for me. Um, This team's still not close to being good. Um, But I still kind of like these moves. Yeah, I agree. Nothing nothing major. But again, kind of like the Jets pushing the needle in the right direction. 
I start to worry a little bit about the Lions, though, of you're right. They're not close to being good. Could we see at the end of this season kind of like people get, getting a little bit more antsy? You know, this season, like, okay, you didn't have to be good. This was a rebuilding year. Uh, historically, fan bases don't put up with two bad years in a row uh, with the same head coach. And that's something I could uh, – I worry for Dan Campbell a little bit, our Lord and Savior, uh, King of Kings, Dan Campbell, about this. Uh, you know, I, I could see something similar happening there. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm interested to see like what the leniency is here because yeah, I mean eventually you got to have results in the NFL. It's a it's a results oriented business, right? And the, that goes down to the head coach and all the players on the team. Um so yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think that there's still good I think there's still a good environment and a positive vibe around Detroit and this Dan Campbell area, but eventually he's going to have to show that there's more progress than just being like a plucky three-win team. Yeah, uh, maybe make a pucky like a five-win thing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, definitely one of the teams that a lot of people were interested in. What were they going to do this offseason? They signed Aaron Rodgers to uh, a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> some spec- some talk about how much, whatever. A lot of money. Uh, keep Alan Lazard in the building. Keep Robert Tunyon in the building. Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas. Also add Jerron Reed. Obviously, the biggest news story with them is not who they kept, but who they got rid of. Devontae Adams is gone. Did get some draft capital back, so it's interesting. I have it as a loss, though, because it's just I feel like this team is a team that needs to be competitive now, and it's hard for me to imagine this team uh, being better by getting rid of Devontae Adams. Um, there's a lot of AFC East chatter in the chat still. Um, everyone, <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, and Green Bay, like. Could you say it's a win because they kept Rodgers? Like, that the worst-case scenario this offseason was losing him? I guess that's the argument yeah. you could have. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I still have it as a loss because, yeah, I mean, your your best pass catcher is Alan Lazard. And, you you know, you lose right. also, you know, Amari Rodgers, that pick has to work now. Like, mm-hmm. he has to show that he's going to be anything decent this year because you just can't have the situation where Lazard is basically their best option. Tunyon is coming back, I guess. That's whatever. But, like, I think even if you go down the list, like, I think the Preston Smith extension's fine. But, like, you look at this stuff and it's like, okay, you you got career years out of Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. And now they're getting paid. Do you think they're going to have those career years again? I'm kind of leaning towards that they're not going to be that productive again. Yeah, I mean that, that it's a question mark, right? It, it could happen, it could not, but you're you're hoping that it's because of the scheme, it was the perfect fit, and that's why it worked. It could just simply be that like they, you know, there was a bit of flukiness allowed them to to do well. Both are possible. Yeah. So I I thought you know some of this stuff was uh, keeping Rogers is obviously the big thing that's huge, but yeah, I, I do have it as a loss. I think this is a tough situation to be in with losing Adams, and I don't know. It does you know there was talks of that they you know they kind of had this in mind that this was going to happen this off season, but it didn't really seem like there was a solution to fix it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, let's move on to the final team in the division, the Minnesota Vikings here. Uh, Vikings, they extended Kirk Cousins for a year. (laughs) Uh, You also have uh, some moves I like, the Jadarius Smith, and I like the Jordan Hicks move. That's an interesting one for me. So uh, also added Harrison Phillips. So uh, I'm giving it a win. I don't know if it's a big win. You could argue it's a loss. Uh, You know, I'm going to throw it in as a win, just because I especially like the, uh, you know, I, I, 
some of these moves I feel like work or make sense to me. <laughs> Kirk Cousins just mastered this salary. Campaign. Oh yeah, he's great. I mean, he's best in the league at getting getting money. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I have it as a win. I think you got three good pass rushers that addresses some of the defensive things. I still think they need help in their secondary, uh, but we'll see how that's addressed in the draft and as free agency continues as well. But yeah, I mean, three good pass rushers. I think you helped. I didn't think you needed a ton of help offensively right now. Um, so I, I put that as a win. I think this is going to be a pretty good offense. It's at least a better defense than it was before the offseason. And I think that's still a pretty decent team. Yeah, I think they're okay. Kyle, could the Vikings, is it crazy? What's, what's the odds of the Vikings winning the AFC? Or uh, well, the AFC would be very low. Uh, what's the odds <laughs> of them winning the NFC North next year? Uh, that'd be crazy. They're not going to finish third or fourth. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> it's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, is it crazy to think that Minnesota's going to have the better offense next season? Um, It's not crazy. I mean, it, as it stands right now, I probably would say that that's probably fair. Now, again, the Packers, we assume, will add to their receiving core, but if they didn't, then I would say that that's, that seems reasonable to say. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I, I definitely think that they're going to be in the conversation. I, I kind of already had this team tabbed as a potential bounce-back team with the new mm-hmm. coach, and I still think this offense is good. Um, mm-hmm. I still think they need some help defensively. We'll see how much better they get, but I think this is a good start to the offseason. Yeah, I agree. So we got uh, two divisions left here. Uh, NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, again, some smaller moves here, adding Marcus Mariota to maybe start. He won't start. They'll draft someone. Uh, Cordero Patterson uh, as well, uh, is that's probably their biggest uh, addition. Uh, also, Young Way Koo, a big addition there. That's a, a big move. And Casey Hayward, forgot about him. Uh, Casey Hayward, I like really like that move. And uh, getting rid of Matt Ryan, which, you know, it's weird. It kind of means that they're definitely going through a rebuild, so they're not going to be great. But I, I still have this as sort of a win for the future is where I'm putting this for Atlanta. Yeah, I had it as, I put it as a slight loss just because of losing Mm -hmm. Ryan, I guess. For the next season, I think it's, you know, this team's not going to be as good. Uh, But Mm -hmm. like you said, there's pieces here where I think they're better at cornerback this year, even though um, I like A.J. Terrell a lot. I think they got two more guys that help because they had two bad corners next to A.J. Terrell last season. Uh, Getting Corderell Patterson, I think, on not a crazy deal, um, I thought was a good get. Um, so yeah, I mean, I thought across the board, they had okay things, but it's like the, the idea of losing, um, the idea of losing Matt Ryan, I think just kind of stinks right now. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Again, it, it all comes down to, it, it really just does come down to, uh, you know, uh, the, what are we viewing here? How do we define win or loss? And we kind of left it perfectly vague. So you could certainly argue, and I even wrote in my notes, like win for the future. I mean, I specified that because it's definitely not a win now. Uh, let's go to the or any final thoughts on the Panthers or excuse me Falcons. Uh, no, I think that just about covers it. The draft is interesting for them, right? Like this is, it's interesting to see what how they're going to approach this because I mean now that we've seen these movements kind of the movers and shakers kind of work out in this draft process, now we're kind of getting a clear picture of who's addressing quarterback and who isn't. You're probably going to look at them, Seattle, Pittsburgh, uh, maybe New Orleans or Carolina address this position. Uh, and how much are they willing to part with these guys who, you know, people are saying this isn't a great draft year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. 
Yeah, that's it. That's the thing. Because I feel like typically when you see a team, it's like, okay, why'd you make that? Like the Andy Dalton thing. It's like, why'd you go with Andy Dalton? It's like, well, because they were going to draft someone. I feel like typically that's the answer to a lot of this. But not always. Like uh, the team we're about to talk about, the Carolina Panthers, who uh, went, you know, added Sam Darnold. Like, why did we do Why did you do that? Probably going to draft someone. They didn't draft anybody. Uh, so, you know, Broncos were another team there, but they eventually got Wilson. The Panthers, again, uh, kind of a laundry list of things they did. Some of these moves I like, like the Matthew Ioannidis thing, I think is interesting. Uh, the Corey Littleton, I, I like that as a flyer because uh, he was good before joining the Raiders. So that, that's that's interesting to me. So I don't hate uh, a lot of these moves. And, you know, getting DJ Moore, keeping him, you know, uh, extending him, I think is interesting. Austin Corbett, I like. They needed to add to the offensive line. So I don't really hate a lot of these moves, but I guess my thing is like, you still need a quarterback. Like, what are we doing here, Carol? Like, what? I guess you were into Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, and he just didn't want to go there. Uh, but, like, how are we still – how is Sam Darnold, quarterback one on the roster, still a legitimate possibility for Carolina? And what they're, what's interesting about their draft is they have the number six overall pick, but then they don't pick again until, like, round, like, four. So, like, if you don't pick a quarterback, then you're basically not getting a quarterback. But if you – if you do pick a quarterback, then you have like a completely depleted roster. So uh, this is a loss for me. And I, I, I have to imagine this is going to be Matt Rule's final season, which I don't know if it's entirely his fault, given the talent that Carolina has put out there. Yeah, it's a loss. Um, I don't really like feel any sort of way. Like, I mean, look, big Johnny Hecker guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sure. Big Johnny Hecker guy. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, so I mean, I think there's fringe moves here, but I feel like I've looked at this Panthers team for like two or three years now and said, there's a lot of fringe moves I like. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. But, you know, it's like you're you're trying to build a football team. The, the Panthers have basically operated without this quarterback situation, and it feels like it's building a it feels like it's b- designing a business without like an actual product to sell. Right. Like. I guess like you're so. basically like they they've bought the uh you know mm-hmm. they bought the building they've designed the interior mm-hmm. um it's like making a coffee shop like okay let's say this okay they're buying a coffee shop they designed the interior they came up with a catchy name they bought the building for it but they don't know how to make coffee like mm-hmm. I feel like that's exactly what's happening with this Panthers team when they're not you know you're you're doing all this fluff stuff but you're not actually getting a quarterback and that's the mo- you know teams can't win without a quarterback yeah, isn't like isn't like Uber like not profitable or something? Uh, maybe they've maybe they've gotten profitable, but I think like for at least for like the longest time, like Uber like like couldn't figure out how to make how to be profitable. It's like how are you this big of a company and like you you're not actually making money? Uh, yeah, that that's maybe that's similar to that. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, but yeah, I just feel like that they've been aggressive for getting guys of the you know like you said Matt Ioannidis kind of realm, and mm-hmm. you like those pieces, but then it's like okay. Well, that's only going to go so far if you don't have the main, you know, the main guy. Right. Uh, but hey, maybe it's breakout year for Sam Darnold. Yeah. Still holding out hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, it's it's possible. Uh, I'm sure sure someone still believes. Uh, who knows? Uh, most people. Let's move on. Uh, New Orleans Saints here. Uh, New Orleans Saints, who were also in the Watson sweepstakes, uh, did not get him. Uh, ended up keeping. Uh, Jameis Winston, though, giving him $14 million a year for two years. Also, uh, Contavious Street. Uh, and then Marcus May. They get Marcus May back in the building after losing Marcus Williams. So you kind of uh, get a trade-off there. Lost to Ron Armstead. So this is a loss for me for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, not a massive one, but it is a loss. 
it's a loss because it's the worst football team, right? And yeah. this is another one of those teams where it's like, okay, you wanted Deshaun Watson and he said no to your team. And I feel like that's kind of deflating for an offseason. Um, you're going through this transition without um, you know, you're going through this transition without Sean Payton now, and I don't really know where it gets better. Like, is Michael Thomas like gonna play football? I have no idea. I mean, I, I kind of forgot he existed uh, a little bit. You know, I, I think a couple weeks ago, I'm like, oh, yeah, Michael Thomas is a person. Yeah, I, I did this. I was talking to some people about wide receivers because it's a long conversation anyway. But mm-hmm. he put Michael Thomas in his top 10. And it's like, listen, I'm a big Michael Thomas fan, too. But he hasn't played in two years. And he doesn't right. seem like he's interested in playing in New Orleans. He's just sitting there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't really know what to think of this team. Like, this offense is going to be terrible, right? You're just going to kind of bank on that Alvin Kamara is just this Iron Man running back who's never going to slow down. And obviously, that's not realistic because every running back eventually slows down. Um, you don't have talent. I refuse to believe that a Jameis Winston-led offense won't score touchdowns. It might score touchdowns on both sides of the field, but I think at the very least, it'll score touchdowns. I mean, but realistically, too, you look at those Winston games. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. They 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 weren't an awesome offense when he was on the field outside of that Green Bay game, which was just a weird game. Right. I don't know. I just, I, I just feel like uh, like th- everyone was talking to themselves into Marquez Callaway. It's it's not happening for me, man. I just mm-hmm. I just don't understand what this team is. I don't understand the direction of this offense. Uh, I do have it as a loss because, like I said, they got worse. But I don't seriously know, like – this team, if this team went like four and thirteen next season, I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like with that defense and Alvin Kamara, there that itself is a French playoff team. Is kind of how I view it. I can see it, and like I said, the defense is still going to be kind of awesome. And I think mm-hmm. May's, you know, May's you got not two Marcus wins against Ru- Tampa. Yeah, and then you got, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we got six wins in your division. So right away, uh, it seems like pretty good. Yeah, I just I don't know what to think of the team. I think May is a pretty good get, knowing you're losing Marcus Williams. I think that's a good trade off. Um, mm-hmm. He's not as good as Marcus Williams, but you know he can still do some stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just I I don't really see it with this team, man. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. I, I get the logic behind it. Again, I, I disagree with some of the stuff they've done as well. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you know my team here. I, I mean, it, it's a win. I don't know if we count Brady being part of free agency or not because he came out of retirement. I don't know how, what, what <laughs> box we put that in. But uh, kept Leonard Fournette, not a huge fan of paying running backs. He was very good last year, but still not a fan of paying running backs. Uh, keeping Chris Godwin, uh, adding Shaq Mason and Russell Gage. Also some uh, you know other guys are keeping like Ryan Jensen and Carlton Davis with some littler moves. Logan Ryan and Aaron Stenny, who was a good backup, maybe could be a, a low-end starter. For them as well. So I think even without the Brady stuff, I'm still putting it as a win. They added some talent and retained most of the, the main guys they had. They, they lost some players, but maintained what they had to. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a huge win. This is this is another one of my favorite offseasons. Just even beyond the if I take out the Brady thing, I still like this offseason. Uh mm. I, losing Marpet sucks. That's probably the one thing that it's like sure. uh like I think Mason's an upgrade on Kappa. Like I think, you know, I think Cap is a good guard. I think Mason's a great guard kind of thing. Mm-hmm, I agree. Um, I think Gage is a really good get as that third receiver because he saw how, not that it was bad, but how frustrating it was without Godwin and Brown out there. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think that bringing Perriman back too is a nice thing. I think Carlton Davis, obviously, I like Carlton Davis a lot. Um, I think he's a good corner on the outside. And, you know, I don't think his numbers were great last season, but I think Logan Ryan's a sneaky good slot corner too. I think just across the board, this team's good. They're running it back. They're going to go for a Super Bowl. It makes a ton of sense. I think this team's really good. They're my favorites in the NFC. Yeah, and Deshaun Watson didn't go to the division, which it seemed like it was a given that he was going to go to one of those three teams, and then he ended up going uh, to the AFC. So the big, a big win with the Bucks as well. It's just hold a talent is heading towards the AFC, which that so you know Bucks and Rams are winners just for that alone. Uh, let's move on. Uh, final division here: Arizona Cardinals. Uh, not the busiest of teams here. It's re-signing uh, the goat Colt McCoy, so that's obviously going to put him in the win category right away. Uh, but you know, uh, other than that, they, you know, uh, kept Zach Ertz. They, uh, re-signed Max Williams. Uh, that, that stuff is good. Uh, J- Jeff Gladney. Uh, sure. Fine. Take a flyer on it. Uh, as a whole, uh, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse in the NFL. So I'm going to put this as a loss because I don't know how they really got too much better. And they did lose like Hicks. So like, uh, you, you lost a little bit. Uh, I'll give it as a loss, but it's not, I'm not freaking out over it. Well, I think they got worse because they lost Chandler Jones too. I think. Well, yeah, big. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a loss. I I don't know. I, the vibes of this team are weird right now. And I don't love mm-hmm. – I mean, this was my Seahawks point last year when, you know, everything kind of blew up, and then it blew up into this offseason too. I don't mm-hmm. like team with bad vibes, and the vibes are definitely not okay. immaculate here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, your quarterback is seemingly unhappy for not being paid. It doesn't seem like the Arizona Cardinals are rushing to the bank to pay their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like, I just – I don't love the vibes of this team. I'm probably going to sell them this season unless, you know, things change quickly. But right now I'm just not loving, I'm not loving what I'm hearing from Arizona. And I think this is a loss of an off season because like you said, they didn't get better. Uh, I look at this team and it's like, sure. Zach Gertz is fine, but you mm-hmm. lose a guy who I thought was actually pretty valuable for you. And chase Edmonds. I liked what he did as that receiving back. This team has needed a second wide receiver. It seems like forever. And you lost your receiver because he got paid $82 million, which he shouldn't have, but mm-hmm. you're not addressing that wide receiver spot. Still. I think that their defense is going to regress. I just, across the board, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't really like this team anymore. Yeah, that's true. Too. It's like the, the Christian Kirk thing does hurt them. Like, obviously they made the right move, not giving him that money, but it's like, that's still the means that they're kind of screwed and they lose a, a solid receiver. So again, Still moves to be made. We'll see what they do. This would be like a fun OBJ team, I think. But uh, but yeah, as of right now, I think that's a loss. Speaking of OBJ, let's go to the team that he left, or I guess hasn't left yet, uh, that team that he played on last year, the Rams. Uh, Rams, they extended Matthew Stafford, got Allen Robinson, uh, got a note boom uh, as a you know, pretty big deal for so I was expecting kind of be of a, a little bit less than that, but I th- he was he was good last year, so I'm not I don't hate the contract. I was just I, I was surprised it was that much. Also, re signing Brian Allen did l- lose some guys and some stuff is still there. Also, there's rumors that kind of came out during this podcast that uh, they could be a Bobby Wagner team, so that's interesting, especially when historically they they don't value the linebacker position too much. Uh, but as a whole, I do have them as losers. Like, you know, kind of like, like uh, I'm assuming they're not going to be able to, like, you know, Von Miller is gone. I'm assuming they're not going to keep OBJ. We, I figured they would be losers just given the situation they were in when they kind of did that little bit of an all in push last year, but I would still put it as a loser. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess by default, it's kind of losers to me, but at the same time, like, this is still probably my second pick out of the NFC. Um, so mm-hmm. it's like, how big of a losers can you be in that situation? Um, I still think they're going to be fine. I think losing Andrew Whitworth also sucks. He, you know, he retired. Um, yeah. but Robinson's a good get. 
even if it means sacrificing Robert Woods, I'd still feel like that's an upgrade. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if they pull in Bobby Wagner, that helps too. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a win. I think this is a pretty good haul or I'm sorry, oh, yeah. a loss. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a slight loss because I think this is a good haul, but they did lose some guys and Von Miller was so important to this team in the postseason. Like, yeah, uh, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be tough to replace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And again, uh, anyone you, you put me next to uh, Aaron Donald and I'll, you know, well, I'll do nothing. But uh, put 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 an NFL player next to Aaron Donald. They're going to have some success. But Von Miller did good on top of that. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, got worse uh, losers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, anytime you trade a quarterback, I'm going to put you as a loser. So um, well, not anytime and- you trade a quarterback. The yeah, Colts are winners. Yeah, that's fair. Anytime mm-hmm. you trade uh, Russell Wilson level quarterback, you're going to be a loser. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and then you're bringing back. You don't even get Patrick Sertan out of the deal, which I hate. Mm-hmm. You get a defensive tackle, which is the one thing you already had. Um, right. I don't know. Like, and then I look at the rest of their offseason. It's like yeah, you're 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 throwing. This is another throwing darts team for me. You're throwing darts at this secondary, at this mm-hmm. defensive line again, and it's just like I don't know. I don't really love any of these moves that they made. Yeah, I think some of them are fine. Like, I, I, you know, okay, uh, Rashad Penny like was good last year. I'm not a fan of paying running backs, but if you're going to, like, I don't like he's a guy. I think it's worth uh, taking on for five point seven five million. Like, getting guys like Noah Fant. Like, I'm interested in Noah Fant. Like, Shelby Harris is good. They don't. That's not a position of need, but he is good. Uh, Uchenna Nuosu from the Chargers was good last year. Uh, Quandre Diggs, keeping him is uh, you know, quality. They they. They, I believe they have like the highest paid and sixth highest paid safety now. So that's what they value. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. Uh, see, Seattle does things differently. Uh, and we'll see, you know, there's some value in marching to the beat of your own drum when there's, you know, 32 teams try to be different. But uh, I don't know if this is the way to be different. Might be doing things differently next year with a new coach too. So. Yeah. It <laughs> uh, seems like that also seems to be the, uh, the way this could go. Let's move on. Final team here, San Francisco 49ers. Last team to talk about. Uh, not a, they weren't that busy. They did lose a bit uh, in turn, you know, it was lost some of the offensive line. Got Shervavius Ward for a three year, $40 million deal. That's an interesting move. Uh, Raven McLeod could be fascinating. He made some tough, some, some important catches for the Steelers. Uh, so that's interesting. As a whole, I have them as losers, but again, they're not, they're one who hasn't moved the needle too much. Uh, and, you know, they're still trying to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I have slight winners. I think that Ward signing is huge because I was concerned about the secondary last year. I think Ward's a really good piece for this. None of the moves they really – none of the players they really lost, like, concern me, honestly. Like, most air, like, that doesn't concern me that much. I think that this is a pretty good institution. I think that they got good players still, and I think that they got better by addressing that secondary too. So I think that's a pretty good get. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty good t- team still. Uh, the the wild card for this, and whether this is a good offseason or not, is if Trey Lance works out. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're one of the teams like like the other guys, the young quarterbacks. It, it all comes down to, uh, you know, how does that quarterback play? Basically, if, if I guess maybe a way to view it is if Lake and Tomlinson was traded one for one for Trevavius Ward, would you consider that that a, a good trade for them or a bad trade for them? And if you say good trade, then the 49ers are winners here. Uh, it's it's like a push. Like, so, you know, I'll, I'll say slight losers. And I also think it's like, I guess here's the one thing I'll say, Kyle. Uh, this is a bad offseason if 
Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team next year. Like, isn't that just like, that's objectively, like, that's not what you like. Okay. You're trying to trade him. You're trying to get value back. If you're not getting any value back, like you got to just cut him eventually and use that money to resign. Like you can cut him for no penalty. So like at least cut him and resign guys. If you're not going to like uh, get a trade partner. Well, here's the interesting thing is if you keep him, is it a bad off season? Or does that make last off season bad? It, it's object. I mean, take your pick, but it's bad. Like it's there at this. There's no. I guess the only reason I could say it would be okay is if like what you saw in practice from Trey Lance was just like abysmal, and you're like, we have to like keep Garoppolo because this is a mess. Well, the reports I heard is that they don't like. I don't know. The, the, yeah. the funny. I, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But at the same time, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens with that. But it's like. Uh, I don't know, like, so like uh, I, I, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing's a wild card for a few teams, right? Like, if the Carolina Panthers get Jimmy Garoppolo, is that a win of an offseason for you? For the Panthers, no. I mean, no, why are why are we? What are we doing? Like, I don't. I, I think the the team that would want Jimmy Garoppolo like has has left the building. Like, I don't know which team. Like again, Jimmy Garoppolo has value if he gets cut and you sign him for ten million a year. Like that's like that's a valuable asset to add to your football team. Jimmy Garoppolo does not have add value at his current cap hit like, or, you know, current money getting spent. Like that's not a good situation for you. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a weird situation with that. I mean, I still assume he's going to get traded at some point or like you said, cut. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with the 49ers. I do think that they help their team a little bit, but yeah, I mean, the quarterback situation is so weird right now. Well, right, and it's not just like okay. If you do say you know what, like this Lansing isn't working, let's keep Garoppolo. It's like when well, I you spent three first round picks on you know, when you were a competitive team. You know, it's it just this quarterback situation. I mean, they 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 they've screwed us up, quite frankly. I mean, they could have they didn't offer a contract to Brady, right? They then go out and they they don't draft Mac Jones, who was you know the clearly the best rookie quarterback. Uh, out of that where they could have they didn't even have to trade up to do that now maybe they didn't know that but they could have stayed back and gotten that they chose not to uh and now you're in this weird spot where listen maybe Trey Lance is awesome uh like he wasn't my favorite out of the draft he wasn't my least favorite either I, I liked him I didn't love him uh maybe he'll be awesome but like it, it's just you have to figure that situation out yeah you really do um We'll see what happens. We've been talking about this, it feels like, for a year now with the 49ers, and we uh -huh. still don't know. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's another one of those guys, like you said, with the Seahawks. He kind of just does whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. But at least Kyle Shanahan's stuff still works. Like, that's, that's yes. the thing with the, the, you know, even with bad quarterback play, the 49ers, like, are going to still, like, be a, a playoff contention team, you would assume. I guess didn't work out too well with Nick Mullins. But, uh, you know, at least with decent quarterback play, they should be all right. Uh, and I, I like what I saw from Lance when he was in there. He played Houston. Like, that, that was my favorite game of his. So maybe that's not one we should take uh, too much into. But like, I liked what I saw from him when I did see him. Yeah, it just felt like there was training wheels on the training wheels. Yeah. Him. I mean, we'll see For what sure. happens. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I still think 49ers are going to be a decent football team. Uh, I trust Kyle Shanahan to figure that out. Yeah, sure. I, I agree. Uh, all right, Kyle, that's your show. A little bit long, but you know what? Uh, we had a lot to talk about. Winners and losers. And Kyle, with the way this offseason's gone, next week we might be able to just do another, like, you know, talk about the news from the week type of show. Yeah, we'll have to see. Hopefully there mm -hmm. is news. Otherwise, we'll we'll scramble on uh, Wednesday morning and figure out what show topic. But right. I, I do anticipate we'll still see some news, so it should be some good stuff. Yeah, and then Kyle, uh, after that, the schedule is in 
play. And two weeks from today will be my top 10 quarterbacks ranking. And you're going to have a top 10. Usually the way we did it, way we did it last year was I would kind of go through my list. And then as I said, okay, this person's number seven. You said I had them number eight or whatever. So we each have our list, but we'll go through mine in order. Top 10 quarterbacks of the upcoming draft two weeks from today. Let's do it. I'm excited. Should be good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, uh, I get what everyone was saying about not the best quarterback draft. It'll be interesting. Um, couple, couple guys, I'll also say this. couple guys I like. couple guys I think are, are interesting to me. Yeah. I, I think there's intrigue, but there's also guys that it's like, I don't know. It's very hard for me to take some of these guys seriously because they've been in college so long, too. Like mm-hmm. it, I still haven't taken Kenny Pickett like seriously because it's like mm-hmm. I've watched him play for what feels like six years. Like what? Uh-huh. And I've seen the bads for four years and then a good two years. And then same thing with like Desmond Ritter. I just don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they showed a lot of improvement. So we'll see. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's, I'll say this, too. Uh, I think there's a lot of like guys. I'm like, yeah, I'll take them day two. I think more than typical of like the the day two picks. Yeah. So that might be more fa- interesting for a top 10 list, I think. Do you have a favorite so far? Uh, I do. C- kind of. Is it Malik Willis? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess we can we can spoil it right here uh, before we get there. But yeah, basically my thought about Malik Willis is like, uh, I guess I'm kind of, kind of on a camp of he's worth the risk. The risk is there. I think it's worth taking a fl- I think it's worth taking a chance on. He's fun. I think, yeah. it, I think that's the case. So uh-huh. we'll talk about it more. Yeah, we'll get more into it. Uh, so there's a nice tease. For those of you who stayed here for an hour and 32 minutes, uh, you don't have to watch the show in two weeks. You are, you know my number one now. Yeah, there you go. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert indeed. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching. Kyle, let them know where they can find us on Twitter before we head out. Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter. That is at Jackson Kruger. Make sure to follow me at by Kyle Gronin. And then make sure to follow the account page. That is at on the sideline JK on Twitter at on the sideline JK. That is for all show updates. And uh, we're rolling along here. 169 days till football season. Yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, very good indeed with that. Uh, yeah. Thanks to everybody again for watching. If, you, if you're if you an audio-only listener, uh, apologies about last week. I didn't get it out right away. It took me a couple days to get that out. But uh, should have it out today, I expect on it. So uh, anywhere you get your podcast, if you like the audio-only version, we put that on there. This one probably was better for the video version of YouTube. But uh, regardless, uh, yeah. Uh, Kyle, any final thoughts? Uh, no. No. Looking forward to, uh, you know, more off-season talk next week. Yeah, uh, should be fun. Again, thanks to everybody. We do appreciate it. And until next time, see you later, alligator. Peace. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.